Hello. Hi, Merlin. Hello, Dan. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, man, I think I'm hot again. Oh, you're hot. No, you're real hot. Yeah. Not again. It's a constant Mm -hmm. thing with you. Always hot. Happy Mm -hmm. New Year. Mm -hmm. Are you sick a little bit? Yeah, I'm getting getting better. Oh, crime. Hang on, let me see if this works. Hello, hello, hello. Is that okay? Am I too hot, too cold? Am I hot? I don't feel any better. Yeah, not a bit. Was that what you were trying trying to do with this? You cough. Turn your head and cough just a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now close your eyes and think of England. I didn't say Simon says. <laughs> Gotta be a terrible doctor. Hi. I still don't Hi, doctor. I still... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? You ever felt under the weather? Cough? Cold? Flu? Before you answer, I don't think anyone can explain what a mole is. Now, here's the thing. Everybody's going to say, oh, I'll tell you what a mole is. It's uh, a unit, unit of measure. Exactly. What, the, what does that mean? Everybody asks somebody asks smart people about this, and they're like, "Of course, there's something called a mole." And I'm like, "Okay, well, tell me what is this? It's like, it's a certain amount of a thing." And I'm like, <laughs> "Didn't didn't uh, Niels Bohr invent the mole?" No, I think you think of the Heisenberg Bohr simplicity. <laughs> no, wait a minute. That's think, that's known as a Niels Bohr syndrome. I think you're thinking of uh, what's his name? <laughs> I think you're thinking of uh, Vandero, Niels Vandero. It's Hang pronounced on. Niles. Niles. Niles Rogers Vandero. <laughs> do anything special I, uh, for the uh, for bringing the new year something special oh, i'm springing all over the place now what do you got don't 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 don't, don't kick uh, your heels back a little bit i i had my heels removed years ago oh yeah it runs in the family i had to get rid of them they just the, dry and cracked hmm? yeah cough due to cold my question for <laughs> you is what is what is your what is your problem do you have you got a head cold i what's it why do people call it a head cold what other kind is there? what is the deal hey did you ever notice this you get on a plane, <laughs> and it's got wings. No, I mean, I'm serious. It's a question. I've heard that. Like, I, people's, oh, you got a, you got a head cold? What is that? With this. Airplane food, really? Um, and they call it head cold because uh, you get a bunch of snot in your head and your nosal area, right? But is that different from, like, a chest like cold? Like an ass cold? I think it's very different from an ass cold or <laughs> yeah. arm cold. Ch- no, can I, Dan? Dan, it's called a head cold. These versus, let me start over. Chest, you have a chest cold or you have a head cold, I think. Well, I, I always thought that one becomes the other. You start with the head cold and moves into a chest cold. You had to ask Syracuse about that. All I know is I wash my hands a lot. And Does not it, in a creepy way. Yeah. Does it make a difference? You feel like you get sick less than before that? Or is it just... Uh, That's a good question. I, yeah. I, I To me, it's one of those, um, you know... I, I don't want to say availability heuristic, but it's one of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who's draining the... Uh, getting all the alligators out. You know that story? Like the the guy, the best looking guy always gets all the alligators. Best looking guy always gets the alligators. The guys, the guys, the guys <laughs> standing in the lobby of the hotel, uh, standing there with a rifle, and the guy says, "What are you doing?" He says, "I'm keeping all the alligators out." Yeah. He goes, well, "Alligators in here?" He says, "See, an alligator so, like that, you don't need all at once." Knee <laughs> shoes. I uh, did you watch that? Did you watch the Kings of uh, Catchphrase Comedy? No, but I did listen to the Sloppy Solo. Oh, oh. Okay. Or as be- I, let me put it this way. I tolerated it as best <laughs> okay, I could. What we're, what we're talking about here is uh, it's Heartbreaker uh, from, uh, when, is that right? From How the West Was Won? It was, a, it was a cover of Heartbreaker. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because it's, it was so bad. Okay, now, and as a former, I don't want to say Jimmy Page fanatic, but as someone who has enjoyed Jimmy Page, had Zoso on his converse. Yeah. Give me a review of that solo. Horrible. It was a little disjointed. It's so bad. Did you like the parts where he stops and then he starts again and then he stops? <laughs> no. 
It's it, it, you know what it is? It's like the dry. It's like a dry heaving solo. It's like you think he's it's done really vomiting, bad. and then he's like, and he finds he finds a little bit of bile at the bottom. What about the Bach? Did you like the Bach? No, I didn't like anything. You play classical guitar. Was that Bach? Wasn't that Bach? I I don't know. I was not. It's classical gas, I think, is what that's called. Oh, Mason Mason Reese, or is that the kid from the commercial? <laughs> yeah, Mason. Uh, now Mason Williams was a writer on the Smother Smothers Brothers show with Albert Brooks. Let me start over. Albert Brooks's brother Bob Einstein, who's the guy on uh, on Curb Enthusiasm, wasn't he a, like a patent clerk or something? No, no, no. I, I think you're thinking of Niels Bohr. Niels Bohr. Anyway, that guy wrote that classical gas song when he was a writer on that show mm-hmm. with Bob Einstein, also known as Super Dave, also known as Marty Marty Ackerman. No, what's his name? Marty, uh, who is it on uh, Curb Enthusiasm? Larry. Who is that? What's his? What's the character's name? <laughs> I know the guy you mean. I can't remember it now. As soon as he comes on screen, (laughs) just like when he used to go on Letterman as Super Dave, Bob Einstein, uh, I I would just lose it as soon as he came out and just made that one face. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) Oh, you. All right. So a good week. Huge week. Woo. Mm. Um, Have I had a big week? I don't know if I've had a big week. I've had an okay sized week. I've had a, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a a C plus week. It's a good week. Um, no you got the sniffles. What's going on with you? Okay, here's the thing. They're I sniffly. Was, no, listen, I was sick, and now nobody believes me. They think I'm on Coke or something. The allergies kick me in the balls like twice a week, and it seems to be whenever I'm in front of a, in front of a microphone. Mm. I think it's pine trees uh, and, and maybe uh, heavily discounted uh, retail items. I don't know, but I... Anyway, I'm a mess. No. Now, how long you had this? You've been, you, you, just, you just came on you quick. If you don't mind my thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's what nice. Uh, no. Nice. No. Come on. Uh, so it came on you. Fast. <laughs> get, yes, it did, Merlin. It came on your chest cold? What was it? What did you get? <laughs> it came on your head cold. <laughs> quickly, right? Quickly. Yes. Okay. Very it's quickly. Seized upon you. Okay. <laughs> Unexpectedly. Hmm. That's a shame. What are you I, taking for it? You're just meditating, right? No, I don't take anything. Just drinking water. Eating it go, bacon. It flies. It goes through you. It goes through fast. Hmm. God, you know, for me, for me, a cold is a three to four day thing. Ever since I got rid of the gluten, <laughs> for real. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, I'll just like, like my little boy will get, you know, he'll go get a cold and uh, bring it back. And then after he has it for a couple of days, you know, you think, oh, I might, maybe I'm going to get something. Then you'll you'll get that start. Where it feels like you're getting a sore throat. It's like, oh no, is this going? And then, then you'll wake up the next day. It'll be fine. Apparently, this is common, and very common in the paleo community. But this time, this time, all, all it the got celiacs me. are gone. You're starting over. <laughs> Nothing. This Food. time, it, you got me. It got me. Hmm. But it'll still only be. It'll still only be a couple of days. I'll do you, be line, his, do you line his room with elk and bacon? Just, I mean, it's a precaution of garlic. What, what do you do to, to make sure it keeps out the glutens? Uh, he know. Okay. He knows. He always checks. He None of his toys are made of bread. No, okay. not not anymore. That's probably smart. What was your big dinger this year for uh, for Christmas? What did, did you, you call dinger? me? Dinger? I'm sorry. Did it, did it come on you quickly? <laughs> did you did you get him? A, was there a big gift this year? Um, we went easier this year. Yeah, what did you guys be, do? Well, my favorite thing I got it's her your show. I, so, mm, boy, <laughs> Whew, wow! I refuse. I'm resolved to not be angry about resolutions. Yeah, I, I don't know if she feels this way, but I think the dinger. Like we didn't want to go crazy like we did last year. We went a little crazy. What's what's crazy? Um, like I think if you have more than 
If you have more than one <laughs> item that's not wrapped and has like a big red bow kind of thing on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we got our big, like a big Ikea kitchen. By the way, Ikea. A great wow. Kitchen. It's a great kitchen. That's such a cool gift. And it's neat because like it could be the oven or this could be the microwave or it could be the refrigerator. It's very, you know, open interpretation. Sure. Unlike the Barbie thing that our, uh, my sister-in-law gave us, mm. which has many, many, many tiny pink parts that are pointy. It replaces the brown Lego as the thing most likely to puncture my skin when I urinate in the night. One of my favorite Edgar Allan Poe poems, by the way. Um, I think my, my dinger, I think, was I got her a really cool, Santa got her a really cool Fisher-Price, very like indestructible kids camera uh, that has a couple neat features. It's got, like, you can flip the thing around, so the, you know, the lens, so you can shoot it normal way, or you can Facebook yourself. You can take a picture of yourself. Mm-hmm. It does video. It does uh, pretty okay pictures, not great pictures. But the improvement that I made is I, I put in an 8-gig iFi card. So it's got a Wi-Fi connection where anytime it turns on, it syncs up with the computer. So all the photos are automatically off of there. She doesn't have to ever plug it in. And it runs on double A's, which I really like. Mm. And she likes it. She, she takes a lot of pictures of the, uh, of the TV. Mm-hmm. She takes pictures of the credenza. What was your dinger? Do you have a dinger? CGC slabbed up? What'd you get him? Uh, his, I learned about CGC, by the way. Let's come back to that. All right. His grandfather got him the uh, Geotrax Batman thing, which is, it's like a whole set that has, you know, it tracks, it's a motorized thing. and Had that all set up under the tree for him when he came downstairs. That was the big thing. Everything else was like books and puzzles and... Is it like a train or like a remote control? What is a geotrack? It, it is a remote control train. It's you set up the track. Oh. And it's not the kind of trains that like we had or our our parents had under the guise of having for us, but to, which are like real little train looking things that operate like a train and run on tracks. The geotracks, uh, the tracks are, I mean, everything's plastic, but the tracks are sort of bigger and the thing runs on the track and uh, it can also run on the, the ground. You just put it on the ground. And it is it does have like a little remote control thing that makes it go forward and backward. And this thing was like a huge hit for a full 48 hours. <laughs> this is huge. But, you know, we, we didn't buy it from him as far as like, you know, what we got him. Because his birthday is in December also. <sighs> so he had already got a cool bat cave, uh, which also for 48 hours was his favorite thing in the world. Yeah, we get that. We get that. She, yeah. No, no, the Batman connection with the train. Is it Batman themed or is it Batman shaped? It 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 is well the train. The train yes. is shaped like a train and Batman there's a small Batman figure that rides in the train. Hmm. I don't see him being a train guy. Mm, yeah, not a typical train. It's it's kind of a you know, it doesn't look like a train. It looks like a I don't know. Now, Charles Xavier, I know that's Marvel, but I, I could see him enjoying a train ride. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but this is, yeah, I mean, you, you feel like it's, it's limited, right? You feel like it's limited because it's just, it's stuck on the tracks and the nature of the train his is own lim- rules. Yeah. Limitation is the nature of the train. Hmm. Josh. Uh, boy, we watched that, uh, X-Men first class. That was good. I had another question. Oh, for I haven't you, seen that. Oh, I liked it a lot. I didn't finish it. I always fall asleep during movies. Um, hmm. I had another question. I can't remember what it was. Go Christmas, ahead, Christmas, Christmas. Sorry. Uh, first time holiday. Um, do they yeah. light up fireworks in your neighborhood on New Year's Eve? Uh, no, no. We just make people feel guilty about owning cars. Uh, it's kind of a regular thing. You put lights out. You say, excuse me. 
I uh, don't really have a topic. I was going to talk about Thin Lizzy. I think that's probably a bad idea. For the whole show, Thin Lizzy? It depends. How long do you want to go? You want to go like uh, 15 minutes longer? I don't, like I don't know if Lizzie? it's... Yeah, well, I like the Boys Are Back in Town. Isn't that a great song? It's the only one I'm really <laughs> familiar with from them. You don't, you don't know Jailbreak? Mm, maybe mm. if I heard it. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'll try. I don't, I don't think I know it from memory. All right. Mm, boy, I think, I think I forgot how to play guitar. Oh, boy, this is bad. Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak. Kind of like that. Imagine that was uh, half... Uh, uh, the kind Irish. of rings a bell. Mm. Not totally sure. Let's just That's say a good I know bass it. player. Good bass player. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's start over. I've got, uh, I have leftover topics from last time, but I'm also open uh, to whatever you would like to talk about. It's your show. Uh, people, I think, still want us to talk about stress. Uh, and we keep avoiding that, which is becoming stressful. We've got, uh, I still want to talk about blogs I like. Uh, I wanted to talk about something about music and Florida and hope. And you, you've kiboshed that before because I think you, you're still not ready to talk about Florida. No, I'll talk about it. We can talk about it it's now. Like, it's like Florida locks you in a closet. The other I thing I, where I, to start. I, I was thinking about this when I was getting my uh, my taco. I think that last week we talked about... Uh, I actually got some really nice uh, response from people from last week's episode about skipping the New Year's resolutions and focusing on fresh starts and modest changes. And this is very uh, amorphous, but I like the idea of talking about like how habits get made. Um, how habits rep- get made. Uh, habits get made. I'm deliberately putting that kind of intransitively. How habits get made. Um, and something along the lines of that, you know, again, that Veen idea of like how certain things become easy, hmm. what things should be easy, what things should be hard, and the role of repetition. As you can tell, I, I wrote this on a piece of paper that I don't have in front of me now, but I, I'm, I'm interested in that. I still think stress is good and, and people would like to hear that. But I'm, I'm interested in... Um, undergirding the whole idea of resolutions in some ways is certainly this notion of change, newness. But I think there's also this idea of we want to get rid of an old habit, we want to build a new habit. You know what I mean? It, it isn't just something as simple as like, I want to notice things in life more. <laughs> you know? It, sometimes it's something as concrete as I want to be home on time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it seems to me New Year's resolutions are about stopping a specific bad habit or about trying to propel yourself into the what amounts to a new habit, right? So if you say, I want to quit smoking, well, it's definitely stopping a bad habit. Uh, if you say, well, I want to run more, what you're implicitly saying, if you're smart, is I'm trying to build the habit of running, mm-hmm. right? Other, otherwise, you're just, don't you think? I mean, that, that's, we talked about this last week, but part of the problem is that you don't see it as a habit. You don't see it as a, if you like, a practice, and that's what gets in the way. So I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting, something about that. That intrigues you. You, whenever you repeat what I said, that makes me think that you're potentially interested. I think the, that would be pretty interesting. I think that would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, last week we talked about uh, resolutions because it was our last episode of. Uh, is there a funny name for last year, 2011? Hmm. I don't See, think like a, like a the year of the goat or something. Yeah, that'd I think be it was good. the year. I think it was the year of the rabbit. Actually, 2011. Hmm. Yeah. That was the year of the duck. Oh, there's almost there's almost a good Warner Brothers routine. No, I'm pretty there. sure it was the rabbit duck. <laughs> My daughter's finally warming up to Bugs Bunny, and I'm realizing it's a terrible idea. Your kid likes the Bugs Bunny, right? Mm, not really. Hmm. 
I think... Um, Which is a disappointment to me. This gets back... Yeah. Well, you know, I showed her a bad one to start with. I showed her the Barber of Seville one. Oh, it's a great one to start with. That it one or kill, great, kill, kill the Wabbit kill is the, good. Well, they are in the sense that they take a song that you're super familiar with when you're seven or eight years old. But, you know, she doesn't get a lot of Barber jokes yet. All she knows is my Barber calls, calls me Marlin, and that's funny. That is so funny. Um, there's something I said last time that, that I've talked about before, and I don't have a source for this quote, but the idea of making the right thing the easy thing, or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Because if you think about, and I'll tell you, there are very few topics that have more misattributed or misquoted pearls of wisdom um, than things having to do with habits. Mm. I believe it was uh, Laurel and Hardy that said that. But it's true. <laughs> uh, there's a widely attributed thing uh, to Aristotle what was the Aristotle one attributed to him was something like, um, you know, that we are what we frequently do. Turns out that was actually from a, a, I think a Will Duran book, but it's, that's a great, I think that's a, it's such a sticky idea because it's really true. Uh, we aren't what we say we are. We are what we do a lot. Um, and so to, to, to parallel with that, I, I forget who first told me this, maybe my friend Maggie, she said that habits are like little, uh, again, if you have the, the quote for this, the person, tell me. But you can think of a habit as being like this little like gossamer tiny piece of thread, like a hair, like the easiest thing in the world to break. No, no, you know, sort of like what you put on a Navy SEAL to make them go, go in the pool and almost drown. Very, very, you know, but you take one of those and sure you could break that in a second. You take two of those, two little threads like that, no problem, breaks. You take 10 of those, it's not quite as trivially easy. And if you take 700 of those that are tightly woven together, like the cables on the Golden Gate Bridge, even though those are just constituted by little hairs, it's impossible to break. That's true, though. Well, Golden Gate Bridge is not made out of hair, to my knowledge, but it is made out of tiny little wires that are just spun into bigger wires and bigger wires and bigger wires. And that's, that's what a habit is. A habit is something that started out as something completely breakable. If, you know, depending on what you think of as a good habit or a bad habit, if you do anything over and over and don't need to think about doing it, it's a habit. If it's not part of your autonomic system, then I would call that a habit if you don't have to think about it. Do you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's something, I guess the, the, the main concept it sounds like you're trying to put out there is that a, a habit is something that happens autonomously. It happens without the kind of conscious, fo like for example, I know you don't drive uh, you know, you don't need to. I have a lot of habits and the, rituals around the perfect, driving. Perfect actually. city and the perfect life, basically. Uh, hmm. That you know, you hmm. get in the in 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 the car and you start driving to work that you commute to every day, for example. And uh, you know, y you may be halfway to work and say, to your, how, did I, "How did I just get here? How did, how did oh, I get halfway I, to work? I took the ride. I got on the freeway. I got on the thing, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm like halfway to work. I haven't even thought about." Like, did I have my keys? And yet here I am driving and I've been oh, driving so you for 20 feel, minutes. You feel completely insane because you're like, I know, like last night, I don't remember making coffee, <laughs> you know, like, like pre-making coffee for the morning. I, I have no <laughs> recollection of doing that last night. And I woke up and, and my wife was like, hey, thanks for making the coffee last night. I was like, hmm, I hmm, shouldn't take Unisom. But I, uh, I don't remember doing that. I, the driving thing, every holiday when I would drive home, you know, I, I'd be listening to NPR or something and I would go, wait a minute, I've been driving for 20 minutes. What just happened? Um, I, I don't know if this is exactly what that is, but <clears throat> a book that I can recommend that I still haven't anywhere near finished, but a book called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. 
mentioned it on here, I think, once before. Hmm. Very interesting book. Uh, Thinking Fast it. and Slow. Yep, yep. And I'll put a link in uh, the notes from an article this, the, the author of that book wrote. Um, Dan, the guy Daniel Kahneman. I think, yeah, yeah, that's right, with a K. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the guy who, with his partner, came up with the phrase availability heuristic. He's come up with a, with a lot of, since 1970, a lot of the research on what we know about intuition and where it leads us. Is that like spider sense? It can be. Turns out. But uh, but it, it's a fascinating, what I've read so far, and again, I haven't read nearly as much of the book as I have of that article about the book, but um, what you're what you're experiencing there when you space out on driving is what, it's a very reductive, and he says as much, but he, that's what he calls the, I think, system one. You got system one and system two, I think were his words, for like, there's these things you do in, your, in the brain, like without any conscious reasoning at all, you don't even think about it, and then there's a certain kind of, a kind of thinking at the second level where you're aware of thinking as a process. So if I held up the word Buddha on a card to you, you have no control over reading that. If I held that up and you could see the letters and make it out, that would register to you as a literate English-speaking person as the word Buddha, right? But if I gave you that test where you have to run your hand down a row and read the names of colors, you know, you ever done that? Where like you see like, you see like red, blue, green, but some of the colors, some of the words are colored with that color and others are not. So the word green might actually be set in blue. If you ever try to do that and read those, mm-hmm. it's super duper hard. Yeah. It's, it sounds crazy, but it's actually... What is the name of that so we can... It's in the book. It's, he has it in the book. Uh, but it's really hard to do. And he does it with, in these rows with left and right. And so you try and read these and you say, <laughs> what is the word left or right? And is it on the left or the right? Um, and it's so much harder than it looks. But like if I ask you your childhood phone number, like you wouldn't spontaneously just like bark that out. You'd have to really think about it. So things like seeing words, driving, again, it's become so part of our, if you like, I guess muscle memory. I don't know if I'm using that correctly, yeah. but you don't have to think about it. Um, it's so funny though. I, I have a whole bunch of little rituals around that. So anyway, that book, uh, I, I, w- I would recommend. You're like a, when a pitcher gets up to, you know, to throw, he's got a little tick, so a little certain tick, things. Tick is exactly do. the word for it. Yeah. I have a, I don't want to say it's not an anxiety. It's not paranoia, but I have a real vigilance about never leaving the house without my house keys. I, I have, you know, I'm the life hacks guy, right? Well, technically Danny O'Brien is, but I'm the, <laughs> I'm the second of the life hacks guys. So I'm very into these things that help you not make dumb mistakes. I've talked about this trick before, but this is an old original from the old days of me talking about life hacks. Um, something I learned from my friend, Phil, Phil or Todd, I forget, but you get in the car to go to a concert. Like, you know, you're a teenager, you go to a show, like always, always, always one person forgot their ticket. Right. Always. It just always happens because teenagers mm. are idiots. And so what you do, what do you do? You don't start the car until every single person takes their ticket out of their pocket. Now imagine me hold this index card. Imagine me holding it to my forehead. I am holding my ticket on my forehead. And every single person in the car has to look at every other person in the car and say, yes, turn your key, sir. I can see that everyone here has a ticket on their forehead. If you put that in place, you will never arrive at a concert where somebody forgot their ticket. But here's the thing. You're smart, right? You don't need that trick. (laughs) I promise you it will happen. But if you do that one dumb thing that takes three seconds that makes everybody stop and go into that, if you like system two thinking for a second, because if I said to you, hey, hey, you got your car keys, you got your ticket, you got your whatever, of course, you're going to go, I'm not an idiot. Of course I have it. So, I mean, to me, those kinds of tricks are really good. My friend, um, 
I know this is all really silly, random stuff. But when I was a kid, my friend John, his dad, uh, who, who was kind of like a father figure to me in a lot of ways, I was helping him load the trunk one day. And he's like, oh, please uh, go open the trunk and we'll bring the stuff out. And I had uh, left the keys in the lock in the back. He's like, don't do that because that'll, that'll scratch the paint. But he says, whenever you unlock the, uh, the trunk, take out the key and immediately put it in your pocket. Just always do that. Always do that. Because someday you will lock your key in the trunk. You will lock your key in the car. Now, like RVW, you can't lock the keys in the car. You have to have it from the outside, which is brilliant. But I mean, these kinds of things that require just a little bit more thinking. The classic example of David Allen, for example. Uh, David Allen's classic example of what I would call very much a life hack. If you keep forgetting your briefcase in the morning or whatever, your equivalent of that, your, you know, uh, netbook or whatever, put it in front of the door so that you literally cannot open the door unless you move that thing out of the way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think in a weird way that that is emblematic. It's like you're, make, you're making it impossible for yourself to You're making it virtually impossible fail. to fail. I mean, and forgive me if you've all heard these through either this show or my site, but um, the classic, I beg your pardon, oh, taco. Are you okay? Mm. You all right? Yeah, it's okay. Need to lay down or? Well, I might need to lay down. They want me to friend them on Facebook. I've talked about this. I don't like a rebranded taqueria. Do not like that. I'm going to give you a thumbs down. Firefox. Um, yes, you notice something, but you don't notice enough to do anything about it, right? Uh, again, that, the, that example of you, the, the time that you think about buying toilet paper is rarely when you're in the aisle at the store. You think about it when you're on the can and there's nothing around, oh, right? Oh. They don't have... They don't have like a little pink strip on there to let you know it's running low like a cash register, you know? Uh, that's the problem with the way our minds work is we get into a certain context, a certain way of thinking. And again, there are, there are so many like interesting mind tricks you can do or tests you can give people to, to prove this. Along the lines really of Simon Says, right? If you're waiting for a certain kind of result, another thing this guy talks about in the book, did you ever see that video where they say, okay, watch this video. And there's a spoiler alert here for the next uh, one minute. Um, in case you haven't seen the video, jump ahead one minute. But uh, basically, there's a video, and they say, hey, okay, look at these people passing a basketball back and forth. I want and it's something along the lines of, please count how many times somebody in a white jersey handles the ball, right? And so you're watching this, and of course, you want to win. You're gaming it. You're watching it. You're watching it. And they say, okay, which one? Well, how many times? And they say, you say, okay, six times or whatever. And they say, okay, did you notice the gorilla walking by? Have you ever done this? Yes. Did you see it? The first time that I, 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 I hate to, I hate to say this, but I, I did. Yeah, I totally didn't. And I was in that group of people who not only didn't see it, but was absolutely positive. There's no way in the entire world. Yeah, that that could have happened. But it's one of those things like looking at the sun and sneezing, right? I think it's like one of those like 50%. At least. What do you mean looking at the sun? What is that? Just looking at the sun make you sneeze? And never... You don't know people like that? Chat room? Anybody? Jackals? I can't see it. Yes. Uh, there's a certain number of people. Uh, I'm they look at the sun and, and they sneeze. You know, sometimes when you got to like start to sneeze, I like got the allergies, you start to sneeze and you want to sneeze, it's driving you crazy. They're calling, they're in the chat room, they're saying, John Syracuse is saying he, he has that. I have it. So like, I was, never my daughter, to me, I was out with my daughter the other day and I was having the allergy attack, sneezing dozens of times. And in order to get a sneeze out, all I had to do was look at the sun. Now, I think that might have to do with some other things. They also say if you want to raise your uh, mood in life, look at chimneys. You ever heard that? Nope. It's true. It's a, it's, a, it's a MacGuffin. If you look at chimneys, it causes you to raise your head up and start looking up instead of down. 
And there's certain physiological things that happen that make you start feeling better immediately. It's just like breathing. Boy, I'm all over the map today. And speaking of maps, no. <laughs> Here, here's, the, here's the thread in a lot of this stuff, though, is that I, I don't know enough about the, what's the guy's name, Kahneman? Or... We've got to find that one article. If you guys don't do anything else today, at least read the article from the guy who has this book. He's a fascinating guy, super interesting. He did stuff like, he's so suspicious of intuition or so curious about how it works. He hired three people who don't like him to tell him whether he should write a book. He does all this crazy, <laughs> this crazy stuff. And just a very, very interesting guy. One of the most influential scholars in this, in this area. So, but here's the thread in some ways, I think through a lot of this stuff is that there's a certain kind of automation to everything that we do, right? Like we don't have to think really hard to like find our way to the bathroom. We don't have to think really hard about how to make coffee, you know, but you ever go and stay at somebody's house and you got to use their coffee maker, right? And like, say it's one you're completely unfamiliar with. Maybe it's a percolator. You got to really think about it. You got to really think about it. My, uh, my sister-in-law, wow, well, she should be a character on here. They have a, a, a coffee maker that's just the same. She's the one that threw cars. out your, your glasses? I'm not angry. I'm moving on. I, uh, but think about that kind of thinking you have to go into at that point. Now, you might stay there for three or four days and get pretty good at making coffee. But the first few times, like you're, you're, you might even just make a mess. Who knows? Because we're getting, you're getting beyond what has become a habit for you or really, I think you, you made the best contribution, contribution to this discussion by far by, by talking about the driving. It's beyond a habit. It's something you, you just don't even have to think about. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even think of it. It's like, uh, you know, it's hegemony. Like, <laughs> culture becomes hegemony when we stop noticing its culture. You know, like, again, at work, we don't have to ask about whether it's okay to, like, you know, take a dump in the conference room. Like, everybody just knows that. Except at some places, probably. At least on the last day you work. Leave a little gift. Um, and that's the problem with the habit stuff is it can become so ingrained in us and that even when we become aware of it as a habit, maybe because, for example, we're gaining weight and we're not happy, but maybe because our health is declining because of something. Um, maybe that automatic driving is because we're driving to a job we don't like and we're in Atlanta and you know commuting two hours each way or whatever. You hear those horror stories. You get to the point where you're aware of that as something you want to change. And at the other end, of the, not the spectrum, but you can see yourself landing on a condition where that habit is gone. Or you can see yourself landing in a condition where you're a perhaps fundamentally different person. Maybe you're skinnier, maybe you're running a lot. I think we can envision those things. I think to our peril sometimes, we imagine that in a, as a form of perfection that's not only unreasonable, but prevents us from sticking with things. But I, I think in all those things, you really are, you're talking about trying to build, build something, build the same kind of fail-safe to a good habit that comes so easily with a bad habit. And you want to really weave those little hairy little strings together in such a way that the new rope becomes strong about something that you want to be good at rather than suck at. That was a lot of, that was a lot of different points hopefully pulled together. Does that kind of make sense? Well, it does to me. And I think, you know, I think I, I'm remembering, I'm not sure who said this or where, but it, 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 it's something they talk a lot about when they talk about meditation and mindfulness meditation is that you're training the mind and the, what, when you train the mind, you're reinforcing a certain kind of a thought pattern. You're reinforcing something by doing it over and over again. And this is different from like creating something that becomes automatic. They say you need to do a certain something X thousand times, but then you can do it without thinking it's kind of different than that, but you're actually reinforcing a certain kind of like a thought pattern. You're reinforcing it and 
eventually you can actually change the way you think completely. Uh, and, and I feel like habit and, and doing things that way to be successful, you, you need to kind of change your thinking. I think that's a, that's a terrific way to put it. And just to, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, no, it's when not. You, I mean, it's you your almost, show. So. It's my show. Yeah, it's true. Thank you. You pointed that out as being a, a kind of a tenet of mindfulness, <laughs> but I mean, to, I, I, mean, I don't know if you were saying this, but I'll, to make it really obvious, uh, if, it, if the mindfulness becomes too automatic, it's not really mindfulness anymore. It's true. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be that guy, but you know what I mean? The whole point of the mindfulness is uh, uh, you're up to the minute with the mindfulness. You don't get to be mindful once. The, the mindfulness is, a, is an ongoing process of staying awake and you know, being alert in the moment, right? Is that, that's, that's not too far off, right? No, it, it's, it's, it's very correct. But what, what I was talking about specifically was that the process of being mindfulness itself is a good habit. And that you're by you're, you teach yourself to be mindfulness. You actually to to experience mindfulness to be mindful. You're actually reinforcing a behavior, and you're reinforcing something that you then obviously want to do. Not just when you're sitting there for 45 minutes in the morning, but right. you know throughout the day. And you it want should, it that, should find its way. It should find its way into your life. You want the mindfulness practice to be the habit. You want that to be the habit, not so so that going into going into that mode where you're being mindful is something that you can do automatically. Yeah. Even I, though the process itself is something that requires concentration. Mm-hmm. Does that make well, any sense? It does. Absolutely. Probably, I'm probably not. Think, no, it absolutely does. And the phrase I think I used in the past is, is remembering to remember, which, which sounds silly and recursive, but it's remembering to remember is hard. Right. And this does actually get to a lot of the stuff in, in this kind of, packed, you know, in, in the, the mica inside the rock of this discussion has a lot to do with remembering and, uh, and remembering to change, remembering to do, remembering to not do whatever it is, whatever it is. And, you know, again, we can talk some specifics in this. Um, it's not hard to say you're going to run. It's not hard to buy the shoes. And after six weeks, it's not even actually that hard to stay on the road. It might not be hard to reach your goal, but it, it, it's hard to do that every day. It's hard to get started every day. It's hard to keep doing it every day. That's it, it's hard at first because it really does take an abrupt existential jerk in what you're doing. Mm. You do have to say, "Oh gosh, I'm used to like sitting around and watching uh, Sports Center." Is that that's still a TV show, right? Yes. I'm used to watching Sports Center while you know I drink a gallon of coffee, but I'm going to have to remember not to do that to go out. And so, yes, there are certain like little bookmarks and placeholders you can put in place. Like we said last week, you could have your running clothes out and stuff like that, but. But the other thing that I think is related to what you're saying is, remember last week we talked about rehearsal for sucking, right? <laughs> if you keep failing at these New Year's resolutions, and believe me, I'm totally sympathetic if you do, because I suck at them too. That's kind of the point. But if you, if you keep setting yourself up to suck repeatedly, that's not any different than building a good habit, right? It's why procrastination can be so insidious, because the more we procrastinate, the worse we feel. And we procrastinate when we feel bad. And so we procrastinate more, and that becomes a, a feedback loop that, that we can't get away from. And, you know, this, this is the funny thing. You remember uh, a few episodes back, I was mentioning how in some companies, you know, we talked about the verbs versus nouns. And, and I think a lot is said by what you do and by you, what, you, what you don't do. And so, you know, when you're, you're sending a message to your brain, or maybe put differently, your brain is receiving a message uh, on some level, whether you like it or not. So, for example, like with my daughter, I... I try not to tell her what to do, 
But one correction, I'm ready to be wrong about this, but one correction I make with her is when she says she can't do something. And I say, I try to say, are you sure you can't do it? Like, it's okay if you don't want to do it or like you're not into doing it or you don't feel like you do it, but are you sure you can't? Because I know if you say you can't do something enough, it's, it's just, it's just like the opposite. It's like your mindfulness practice. Yeah. You're, right? pro- you're, progr- you're programming. Well, and like, there's this whole thing called neurolinguistics with that goofy guy with the big teeth. Like you can go read about all that stuff. I, I don't know if there's anything to that, but I, I do know that every time you tell yourself something, it does sink in a little bit. Right. Um, I used to listen to kiss. And the, the band I was in, we used to really, we, both, we all liked Kiss and we made fun of Kiss. And I started doing this thing that Paul Stanley used to do. And uh, if you ever listen to the live records, you know, and like, call Jen, you hear him talking. But she, he would do this thing, which is like this, wow, all right. He would do this asinine <laughs> scream. It was like, wow, are you ready? You know, like, and so I started doing that completely ironically. And then I couldn't stop. <laughs> a couple of years later, I started going, yeah, making this like Pearl Jam noise. Lemon yellow sun. Hit me with a surprise, lamb. And I got good at it. As my friend Jonathan liked to say, uh, Eddie Vedder for Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Started out totally ironically because I didn't like that 10 record. Yeah, no. And then I couldn't stop. Like right now. Yeah. Don't never start doing that because you... It starts out as a joke, and then you start doing it all the time. Totally ridiculous. Like me with the douche talk, Dan. Could, is there anything that I despise more than that kind of talking? And yet I find myself drifting. When we start talking about douchey stuff, it starts infecting the way that I talk. Mm. I didn't want that. Uh, but I think, that, I think that's the way it happens. I, I, think, I think whatever it is, so, so uh, I want to talk about something I like in a minute. But uh, I want to come back to this. Because I think there is something here and I want to tie some threads together. Remembering to remember rehearsal and Thin Lizzie. Okay. You like Thin Lizzie? Uh, I like the one song uh, that they do. Hmm. Jailbreak. Yeah. Not not familiar with any of their other stuff. Did you see the link I put on the, on the Twitter? Did you see the link to that, uh, that video? Yes. You, you don't follow my media links. Did you see that where the 70-year-old woman was playing with them? Yeah, it seemed odd. I also Very, saw a picture uh, that you put on there with a guy with a Converse t-shirt on your website. <laughs> with Henry Rollins? Well, no. Yeah, that's hilarious. Henry Rollins used to be cool. <sighs> you know what I like is... Long uh, hair at that point. Oh, man. he would. You have no idea how scary Henry Rollins was in 1984. He was terrifying. He was right up was, there with the audience. I mean, he's right there. What's the place... I didn't go to the show, but there's a show. Uh, it was a place in Orlando. My friend went to see them and... Uh, I think it was some of the dead Kennedys. And there were so many people there and so much sweating that the walls were dripping no. with inspiration. Terrible. Yeah. Because you always end up playing like a Shrine Club or something or the Cuban American Club, the Cuban Club in Tampa. Big ups to the Cuban Club. You know what I like? It's the Squarespace. You ever heard of this joint? I am familiar with Squarespace. It's a new year, so I'm going to try a new thing. Okay. Um, which is that I've talked a lot about what uh, you know people call sometimes the features and benefits and stuff that I really like a lot. I want to keep talking about that. Today I want to do Shorty uh, with a slightly different angle, uh, which is I want to talk about the kinds of people who I think should be using this, right? And, and the reason I say that is I know a lot of you folks out there, you've probably built your own blogging platform or you're on Jekyll or Plone. <laughs> Plone? Plone? Plone. Plone. Bookbag. <laughs> people, people still think it's bookbag. Bookbag. 
You, you, you tried to correct that on your pamphlet. I know. Show. They don't care. Yeah. They don't listen. They don't listen. They don't care. This is what makes them jackals. They're different from you, me, Dan. They eat their young. Ooh. We put ours into uh, an elk kennel. Elk kennel. That should be a, te- a test for see if somebody's drinking. Get them to say elk kennel five times. <laughs> you think you're better than me? Elk kennel. But here's the thing about Squarespace. Is you may not need this. You know, the thing is, I wish you'd try it because, you know, I'm your internet friend and I wish you'd at least give it a spin. Uh, but I'm going to tell you th- three kinds of people that I think really, really could use it. And I'm just, I'm being super honest with you because this is the kind of people that I recommend it to. Uh, I mean, look at you. Look at Dan Benjamin, internet celebrity, right? You've been an internet celebrity uh, since just after the war, 19, 1947. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and, and you are a guy now who's moving stuff over to Squarespace. Like, how crazy is that? Er- Merlin, that guy from the internet, right? The guy with the sites and stuff. This is, this is where I am moving stuff. <laughs> if you're not seeing enough stuff up, it's because my platform is being a little bit pokey about letting me export. But that's I'll not, you, but you're, you're not going to blame Squarespace for that. I woke up. Oh, God, no. Oh, sh- no, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. No, that's like, that's like yelling at the airline because I don't like what I packed. I um, <laughs> should have eaten. <laughs> I had one taco. They want me to follow them on Facebook. Ugh. To get, to get more tacos, you get to follow them on Facebook? I told you this, they rebranded. They rebranded. They Is rebranded. Like a different owner? No, it's, 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 a, it's a different headspace. They're trying really hard to be like hip. It's, it's no longer El Burrito Express. It's EBX now, all caps. Maybe you weren't eating there enough. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think... There, okay, here's, here's the thing. This is an interesting time. It's a very interesting time because there's this confluence of things happening right now that if you're, if you're even just keeping half an eye on what's happening with the web, it's a super interesting time. The SOPA stuff, absolutely fascinating. There's all kinds of stuff happening. Like every few years, something comes along where people try to like make these little uh, speed bumps to the technology that works, little uh, traffic calmers that end up screwing stuff up. You look at stuff like all the stuff around identity and privacy and all of these things. I think a, a mini trend, at least among the two of us, if not others, yeah. is being... I, I almost, a friend of mine who's kind of super famous and I almost started Tumblr before Tumblr existed. I was so into the idea of easy blogging and how much I was sick of giant blogging engines that, I know, for, just for what I want, just for what I need, right? That we actually bought, I bought some domain names and messed around with some ideas on how to take open source software and make a small blogging tool. That ease of posting is huge. The community is huge. But there's just all these inner, like, forces that are kind of fighting each other right now in what I think are fascinating ways. Like we said last week, like, do you want to have your own name on your own stuff? Don't you want someplace that's like your home? Yeah, but you also want to have that ease of posting and so on. Uh, so just three groups. This is longer already than I wanted to be. Sorry. Um, family. Your family, other people's family. Uh, I keep getting into these social network deals that work out great for a while. Like, I still like Flickr. I like Flickr a lot, and I like the granularity of details. I still miss the way that LiveJournal would let you do like groups that have like one person in it, that granularity. This is what you can do with Squarespace. Whether this is an intranet, which is another idea that I would have, but for your family. Like if you want a place where your family can post, and literally these five people can post to and see it, you can do that. If you want a site where just the four of you in your household can post, but anybody can see it and comment, you can do that. You, don't, you can do that. And you don't have to maintain this, this stuff. You just put it up. You can have galleries. You can have whatever you want. If you want to pull in stuff from other places, no problem. You want your Flickr photos there? No problem. You can have all that show up. But it's yours. And it's private. And it's there. And it's not going away. 
right? So families, I think families, that's actually a pretty good one. Your family does not need to be on a social network in order to be a family. It's okay if your family does stuff that other people don't see. In many cases, it might be preferable. Uh, the other one uh, I'm going to say is uh, artistically bent bloggers. People who have a combination, like on Tumblr, it's become very popular to put up lots of photos. If you've taken lots of photos or you want a portfolio, please have a look at Squarespace. And the last one, which is kind of a weird one, if you've got a friend who's like starting out a business, it's natural impulse, especially if you have a web business, to want to build your own website. Of course, first you've got to build your own bug tracker because what maniac puts anything on the web before they built their own bug tracker? Isn't that a thing, Dan? Building your own bug tracker? Well, first you like before you build the framework for the software that you made. <laughs> because, you know, you'd have to go do your own fork yeah. of, uh, you know, Scala to really get it the way you want it. Mm. People, by the way, we've, we've received e- emails uh, chastising me for not correcting you when yeah. you say something like, you know, Scala. Is, is X language object oriented. And, and I may say something like, I think you mean orientated. They, hmm. will, they will be very upset that I didn't correct you to say, no, in fact, that is a procedural language and has no object to anyway. That's not true. That's, that's, written, that's uh, actually uh, written in assembly. I think you're thinking of. It's called assembler. It's assembly language, <laughs> which is a $64,000 uh, dollar dollar language. <laughs> Squarespace.com. I'll, I'll take Nipsey Russell. But here's why I like it for businesses. You know what? You don't have to roll your own. You can go out and have this thing running in a few minutes, and it's really great. Here's, here's, guys, here's the thing. We're going to talk about this for a while, and I, I hope you like that. What I want you to do is talk is if you have the buying decision status amongst people, and by buying, I just mean trying, like, give this a spin. Really, you go in, you fill this out, check it out, see if it'll work for them. It's not going to cost you a lot to find out. Um, it may not be for everybody out there, but it's for somebody you know, and I really encourage you to spread it around. It is a new month. It is the month of, uh, what is this? What are we in? What are we, Ot 12? Well, this is the first month of, the month, uh, month of one. 2012. And you know, we have a new, uh, a, new, a new code, a new offer, a new offer code. Uh, it is, it, we do have a new code. Go to squarespace.com slash back to work. I like it. Term like promo, code. promo code. It's called an offer, it's called an offer code. Okay. Okay. Don't make, don't make embryonic Ryan angry. <laughs> I like, I do like what the code is though. Big week. Big week. 30% Big week. off for three 90 months. days, parentheses, three months. Well, I, you know, in small, small letters, it was 90 days or, or three months, whichever comes first. 30% off, uh, squarespace.com slash back to work. Big week. Uh, check it out. Check it out and think about it. Think about it like your notional mom or uncle or whoever. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty neat thing. And you run it. Nobody has to see it except your group. And I think it's a pretty great thing. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Uh, we are uh, very grateful entering, uh, gosh, probably our second year now of working with them. And uh, they've been good to us. So uh, many thanks to Squarespace.com for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Thin Lizzie. I don't know if that's really... <clears throat> Um, I almost said a lot of good stuff there, so I need to backtrack a little bit. I'll get a new car. Just play it back. How are you feeling? I mean, I'm fine. I mean, you know, it's moved out of the, the worst stage is when it's all, you know, when you're all congested and your nose is running and stuff. That's the worst. You can't do anything then. You're just oh. stuck. You're just stuck. You're just, it's disgusting. And you just want to dunk your head into a, you know, like a, a pool of hot water until it passes. I, oh, Totally. And I'm telling you, you gotta get, get, gotta get some of that shower spray I've got. It's terrific. You can get them at the Walgreens. And it's like menthol and camphor. You spray that in your, in your shower when you got the nose thing. Dynamite. Hmm. Dynamite. Um, 
I am not going to friend them on Facebook. Who, the tacos? Yes. Yes. You know, I had tacos in San Francisco. Before you were paleo? Well, they can do them on corn, but yes, it was. Corn's a cheat food. I guess. Better. Yeah, I corn's, guess corn's better than wheat. I'm sorry. I don't mean to beat this to death. I'm, I'm close to getting back on the paleo. Oh, good. Is yeah. that your New Year's resolution? Yeah. <laughs> That's my first I'll tell you the tacos in Austin, like the barbecue, are way better. Did you see that? Hmm. Did you see Amy's ice cream? Um, yes, I, us and I lots did. Of people retweeted it. I did. Hey, big ups for Amy's ice cream. We They're awesome. You ever been? You ever had that while you're out here? In they Austin? got mixins. Is that right? Oh yeah, mixins. I mean, I don't use them because they're not you know gluten free. Yeah. But... Hmm. You gonna be yeah. out here uh, for South by this year? You coming? Apparently. Okay. Good. I mean, you're you're making me right. I'm not making not you do. Making I can't me. make oh, you do God. anything. Here we go. Oh, if nobody only. makes anybody do anything else, it's all nobody it's puts baby in the corner. Okay. Free will. <clears throat> Free Willy. Oh my God. Have you seen, you don't go to the movies. Have you seen uh, the, the Drew Barrymore whale movie? You seen the trailer for that? This is the one where she's like somehow an adult, but back in high school again. Mm-hmm. And she's like so, going to class and. Just the guy from the office and her. And uh, it's. You mean I'm Tom angry. Green? I'm angry just writing on the card. They're talking about mm-hmm. Tom Green. No, no. I, I think you're, I think you're thinking of uh, the guy from the grassroots. Did you know that? Did you know the old guy in the office uh, was in the grassroots? Isn't that a movie about slavery? Hmm? Oh, are you thinking of uh, the guy who played uh, Jordash? What was his name? Uh, Lieutenant Jordy LaForge. Okay. And that's Richard Burton? Hmm. I think you're thinking Equus. There's a certain inertia to our lives. There's a certain kind of thing where... I don't know if you want to call it homeostasis. I think inertia is probably a better word. Hmm. Homeostasis, uh, I didn't take science, so you got to tell me. But that's the state of balance that nature kind of tends to fall into, right? Here comes the mail. (laughs) Why don't I just read it to prevent the mail? Homeostasis, standing still in Greek, is the property of a system that regulates its internal environment and tends to maintain a stable, constant condition of properties like temperature or pH. 98.6, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. It can be either an open or closed system. Claude, Claude Bernard, good old Claude, and later by Walter Bradford Cannon. Typically hey, Wal- used Walter, to... Walter Bradford Cannon? Hmm. Write that down. Referred to a living organism. The concept came from that of a... Anyway, this just goes well, on. At, at the risk of screwing up both uh, biology and physics... Human I... homeostasis. Did you know about hmm. this? Yeah, I think it's an art rock band from Chicago. The human body manages a multitude of highly complex response. interactions to maintain... I'm thinking of the gun club. Liver. I, I think that I think inertia might be a good way to put it. Like Kidneys. once that rock is in motion, it's just going to keep going. And so, and, and I'm, you know, I, I think I think the examples at this point must be kind of obvious. The coffee one's not a bad one to mention because there's something so complex, uh, complex in the sense of being not immediately noticeable and having lots of hooks into other things. Of getting for me, I don't know about you. You're a coffee drinker, right? Uh, I have been, and, uh, I'm not going to be, but then I will be again. Okay. So setting aside all the fancy stuff. <laughs> People will like, ask, Dan, I thought you didn't drink coffee. Oh, I thought you did. I'm just trying well, to save email, man. Well, the reason I like, I like, co- okay, I, I, we drink coffee in the morning and it's something where it, to me, there's a lot of interesting aspects to that in this example, right? Because, well, first of all, let's say it like caffeine. It's really, if you've never tried to stop drinking caffeine, especially if you're having a lot of it. Not a lot, I don't want to say, but regularly. Because I think opinions, I don't know if this is still true, opinions used to differ 
on whether there's like a ceiling to how much caffeine can have an effect on you. Oh, you mean like case, you mean like if you drink like two cups will affect you, but if you drink three, there's no effect. Four, there's no more additional effect. Five, when I was no in college, there was I think there was still some uh, question about that. But you know, but I do know this: if I'm if you, if you know somebody who doesn't drink coffee and they accidentally get caffeine instead of decaf, they're like you know off their nut, right? So the whole point is though that's that's in your body. I don't know if it's in your cells at a heroin kind of level, but you really want that coffee every day, and you will have a wanging headache for two or three days if you stop drinking coffee. So for me, hey, you know what? I'm probably gonna have some coffee today. I get up, and you know what? We always keep half and half in the house. It's always there. We've always got the the pizza is always there and ready to go. Sorry, Marco. Like, I, and this coffee machine, like we clean it and it's ready to roll. And we know the motion of putting the coffee in and the water, and you grab a cup and you drink it. And if any part of that got disrupted, you we would damn sure go to the second level thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What's gone wrong here? Like, you know, oh, God, Dan, Christmas morning, I screwed up so royally. We have the one Cuisinart coffee maker that everybody's got, the, the DC 1139 or whatever. I don't know what it's called. But it's the one Cuisinart like everybody has. It's, it's, it's the, you know. Yeah, no, I haven't. The silver one? It's like the, sort retro? of squarish retro with a little uh, oh, yeah. like retro style airplane switch. Yeah, in it's yeah. got like uh, which little got, two, got two dials brew, on it. Clean brew. Yeah, yeah. precisely. And the, yeah. fl- the flip switch. With the special like four cup oh button. I, everybody owns that coffee maker. It's a good coffee now, maker. You find it a little hard to clean? I, I don't think so. Mm. You get a little bit of grounds in there. It's hard to get out. Right? Shake, it, shake it upside down over the sink. Now, you're a Buddhist, so you haven't done this. But have you ever put it in? You just got the pause and sip, right? Like any good coffee maker, you got the pause and sip. Right. This is where you, if you pull the carafe out while it's brewing, you can... You're fine. You're, you're fine. You just pour, pour a little pour bit in your... Pour two cups of coffee. Yeah. It's all right. And if you're, if you're my wife, you know, you could do that in the first minute or so of brewing and take all the good coffee out and leave me with the swill. I'm not angry. <laughs> you could do that. This is a D, so DCC1200 is what I show you. I was close. Uh... <laughs> It's, in, it's in the show notes, 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 48 for all this and all of the other things. Who, 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 who sponsors that? Is there that is sponsored know? by the lovely ladies of uh, HelpSpot.com, the best darn uh, help desk software in the business. But pause and serve has its limits. The pause and sip, the pause and serve. Have you ever forgotten to put the pot on? Oh, I have actually. You ever done it for the whole cycle until it goes beep, beep, Ew, beep, no. beep? What does that mean? It's overflowing? Christmas morning, daddy forgot to put the pot under the thing. Oh my gosh. And a full, because we're tired. Oh. Right? We were, Santa was up late the night before. Uh, and how, how early did you guys wake up for Christmas morning? Uh, 5.30 or 6. <laughs> okay. We'd slept four hours. Right. And I, so this is a perfect storm. <clears throat> I really wanted that coffee. I was very excited about Christmas, but you know, I really wanted that coffee. And so I went in there and I made it and we went about, she's in there, you know, excited, which is awesome. And I hear beep, 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 oh, which no. is the universal Cuisinart signal for your coffee is ready to enjoy. <laughs> no. <laughs> there oh, man. is tan liquid and coffee grounds the entire surface of the sink all over the floor you have never had second level thinking like i had second level thinking right there first Uh of all i did not have coffee the entire filter thing had basically exploded over it was in the coffee well it was everywhere it was a complete mess now that's a pretty significant kink 
in a kind of inertial process that I'm very comfortable with, which is making the coffee and having it done. We laughed. <laughs> I didn't want to buy another one, so we cleaned it out. But the, the point is, that was a pretty giant kink in something that that I... That became so... That's only <clears throat> as funny to you as it is to me. <clears throat> if you know how much coffee I've made and, and like what a, what a dumb mistake that is for me given how much coffee I make and how good I am at making coffee. It was extremely disruptive. But if we forgot the half and half, if we hadn't planned ahead, if our electric was off, if any of those came, things came along, that would be a very conscious like elephant in the room disruption to how we do something. <laughs> Much like having an entire pot of coffee on your sink and floor on Christmas morning. Well, that's what happens if you run out of cigarettes. Um, if you're somebody who exercises every day, that's what happens if you don't get to exercise today. Right, it's like a, it, it, it would be the equivalent of, you know, someone running off with your jogging shorts and your shoes. But I mean, I've got, like, for example, an, another uh, sister-in-law is a, uh, a personal trainer. She, she's like a professional pr- personal trainer. And like, if she doesn't work that workout, she gets weird. Because, you know, there's endorphins involved in that, right? I think, I don't know, I suspect endorphins have a role in a lot of habits because, or, you know, if you get the dopamine squirt, like, you're a happy camper. And if you don't, you're the opposite of a happy camper. I guess an uncampy, unhappy uncamper. But how do you build that? That is a crap ton of work. Yeah. To get to, get to where you can abide a coffee all over the floor level disruption in what you're actually doing rather than the thing that you'd like to be doing. And, uh, and so, I mean, you know, maybe we should talk about some, some ways uh, to make that more practical, some ways to make that doable that go beyond the incredibly if, obvious. If only life. there were any ways. Uh, unfortunately, there are not. So. Well, we talked a lot last time. You know me. I can't ever... It's hard for me to ever get to the practical without some of the philosophy behind it. But I think it does... Go back and listen to the last episode. It's pretty good. All right, hang uh, on. Let me go check it out. Okay. Oh, it was so awesome. Thanks for waiting while I listen to that. Hmm. It's a good thing we have editing. Did you ever realize you could play Paco Bell's Cannon to the tune of Jeopardy? Let's hear it. I made a pop song out of it once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Starting now, don't pray for me. Let's see. Starting now, don't pray for me. You're in love and I'm in Jeopardy. If you hear me start to shout, tip me over, pour me out. <laughs> Tip me over, pour me out. Did you ever sing that when you heard the Jeopardy song? I have not. Tip me over. Um, some of the things we just talked about. Think about the putting your ticket against your head. Think about the briefcase by the door. Uh, the other classic example, um, putting your house key in your shoe when you go swimming. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've heard people do stuff like, say, they put their car keys in the refrigerator or something like that. Because they want to always know where it is and they want to never forget it. See, I I use the car key trick a lot of the time if I want to not forget to take something with me. Like, let's say Mm -hmm. I, I mean, a a poor example would be your jacket or something, you know, a piece of mail that you want to not forget to mail. How are you going to remember to take that? Well, if your keys in your pocket or whatever, then, you know, so put your keys on the envelope or put your keys on that thing. Mm -hmm. In that way, it's impossible for you to leave without it. I, I totally agree. And now, so, now, well, except for you, because you don't drive. No, no, here's the funny part, dude. It's like there are so many people, and now I've got to be fine for Merlin guy, right? There's a lot of people going to go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, because that you haven't thought about what your version of that is. Like when I was a little kid, my fight, not my fight, but my, my failing every morning 
when trying to get dressed for school, first, second, third grade, yeah. I could never find my belt. And that drove my mom crazy because it was always like the last thing I needed. I could never find my belt. And you know why? Because I put my belt someplace different for some uncanny reason. I put it somewhere different every time. Okay, so here's what, then you become a person like me in adult life where I am so bananas about putting my keys, my notebook, my pen. Well, like what are my four key things? I got the, the, the pen, the notebook, the keys, um, and the wallet. I have a bowl. It always goes in that bowl, right. which seems so slightly wound, except that I never have to wonder. It, where you're, you're actually, people would say, oh man, you know, he's so retentive. He's so ACD, OCD, ACDC, OCD, OCDC, OCDC. It's pretty good. I'm gonna write that down. You can run with that. But, but the, but the point exactly is you're right. actually, people, you're ta- you're eliminating that extra time. You're eliminating, you're making it so you don't have to think. This is the same reason that uh, all of the clothes that I have could be paired with any other item in my entire closet. Everything is guaranteed to match everything else that I have. All plaid. It's all plaid and paisley. <laughs> and there, th- that way you're guaranteed. Any shirt will match any pair of pants or jeans. They'll match every pair of socks, every pair of shoes that go with them. It's just you, the, the belts all work together. And you say, oh, man, you really have to think of it. No, you just go and buy like five, ten of the same thing. And then they all right. match, and you just don't have to think about it ever again. I I I think that is a, a really a perfect way to put it. I do that when I travel. I, I would never bring because I used to be like Diana Ross. I'd have this giant used suitcase to full of stuff. Mm, upside down, you're turning me, Dan. You're giving love instinctively. <laughs> round and round. OCDC. I'm going to use that. OCDC, man. That's pretty good. I think that's our title. Um, but like I say, I think. And, and just, I'm sorry to make this like Merlin's greatest hits, but this is where the hipster PDA comes from. This is where the obsession with the Fisher Space Pen comes from. Now, okay, so, so where did those come from? Well, you know, the, the idea of what David Allen calls ubiquitous capture, the idea of like, why carry a notebook? Why have field notes? Why have an index card? Why have, in my case, this pocket moleskin I walk around with? Why have that? Like, that's crazy. Well, it, started, it starts in a place where you go, I worry that I'm going to lose my million dollar idea. You know, again, this is, We'll come back to this, but people go, oh, I'm going to lose my million dollar idea. I have anxiety about forgetting things. Well, if you make it a point to grab that out of your bowl every day and put it in your pocket, you never have to worry about that again, right? And and in my case, with the index cards, the index cards had a real place in, in how I think about like how I write and what I do, how I organize tasks. Like, you know, I just, I really am into index cards if nobody's ever realized that. And so that's what works for me. Uh... But it's the not having to think about a part that's great. Now, what, let me to come back to the million dollar idea. You will realize very, very quickly that once you have those tools at hand all the time, you will realize how few million dollar ideas you have, right? So step one in this new habit is you have an anxiety that quickly turns into less anxiety because you go, oh, I do have a place to write this down if I need to. The next thing you'll realize is you don't have as many million dollar ideas as you think. The third thing you'll realize is that now that you have this, you're start, starting to write a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things down, which is great. But you know what? The fourth thing you realize is you don't need to write that many things down. <laughs> you need to write down enough stuff because if you create too much noise inside of that system, what I'm saying is like that habit evolves. That stupid habit of picking up a notebook and a pen. And why do I like the Fisher Space Pen? I don't like it so much anymore. It's a little bit smudgy. People in the but, chat room were, were really curious to know if you still write with it as your primary. No, I, you know, I've gone back and forth. Right now I'm on a pretty uh, straightforward uh, Pentel, fine. Yeah, deal. yeah, so, yeah it's you know, like the gray, the gray one, right? Uh, like the gold one? 
I think Ooh, Gruber, special, Gruber special. screwed me. Gruber changed. I used to be use the Gruber pen. I used to use that uh, Japanese 0.38 pen. Japanese. Really nice pen, though. The, uh, we can put these in notes. But I guess, I guess, to me, the reason this is complex, whether you're talking about coffee or running or any of this stuff, is that like, like so much of what we talk about, you start out in this one place, you have a vision of where you land on the other end, and in between is this huge inchoate project. You have no idea how it's going to go. Well, if, if the remembering... If the having a place to write things down project, it starts as simply as like grabbing this notebook and this pen, that might go places you, you don't imagine. Like I say, for a long time, when I first, first started doing that, I was writing way too much stuff down and then doing way too little about it. That's where getting things done had a great role in my life there because I learned that, well, you know, if I capture everything, but I don't do anything about it, that's really not that much better than just leaving it on my mind in some ways. Talking but about that's, the, that's the, the Pilot G2, is that it? No, 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 no. Way nicer. I'll find it. I'll find it right. or, uh, by AD. We'll put it in notes. Right. I'll give you all. You know what? In AD, if you want, we can do all. Just spend a, our time on that. Oh, you got to go though. You got to uh, nah, get a little, little time. Okay. Um, so how, but how do you get to a point where that becomes so natural? Well, there is that second level thinking thing where you have to kind of make yourself do it. And there's certainly a role in um, putting that stuff in the right place, in context, as you might say, in, in getting things done. But I, I mean, I got to tell you, to this day, I feel so much less stress always knowing that I've got a place to write stuff down. I don't do, I don't, I'm not as great at the GTD angle of always doing stuff with it, but I know where it is. It's in this notebook here. If it's anywhere, it's probably there, right? Um, I'm trying to think of some other habits like that. But, but what's funny is now today, I mean, whatever, 10, 15 years later, after I started doing that, however long it's been, like, I don't think twice about that. <laughs> the bull habit really helps the notebook habit. Yeah. Let me put it that way. And having those right there uh, works, works, uh, works great for me. Now, one angle on this, the, the, think about like uh, the diet thing. Like you want to lose weight, right? So you're trying to find some mix of diet and exercise that's going to help you be healthy. Um, maybe it's the golden triumvirate, right? You want to feel better. Uh, you want to eat less and you want to lose weight, right? Have more energy, whatever. Well, like we said last week, well, that starts with getting rid of the food in your house. We did this, I did this on Atkins. Uh, I kind of did it with paleo, probably not enough, but get rid of all the stuff in your house that like you don't want to be eating, which sounds obvious, except how many times have you started a diet and then realized that the thing you're hungriest for is the thing that's sitting there and tempting you, right? You didn't, you didn't go out and buy broccoli and make crudite like you promised yourself. You know, you haven't cut up any vegetables and that fresh bag of potato chips is still there from New Year's. Do you know what I mean, Dan? Yeah. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's just as simple as removing temptation. I mean, it's removing more than temptation. It's, again, <laughs> the easiest thing in the world would be to go open that bag of chips. So, whatever, donate it. You know? Did you read that thing about the food donation and how it's actually not that useful? Turns out. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Where, where would I have seen that? I'll find it. I'll find it and post it. Uh, food not, donation, not, not that useful. Uh, maybe in uh, Reason. Might have been in Reason. In uh, Reason. The notion being that like a, a shelter, a food shelter does not need your old cream corn and to carry 100-pound boxes of those things around. What they need is money. Did you know most food shelters can buy food for pennies on a dollar over what we pay? So you could still eat that can of cream corn. And uh, even if you gave half of what you gave before, they'd still be getting more than if you gave them the actual can of corn. Turns out. But the food thing means, yes, getting rid of the stuff that's there, stocking up on the stuff that you like that fits into the diet. 
You know what I'm saying though? You're creating a sensible way for this to start becoming a habit. And then above all, right? Like not going over to your calendar and blocking out 11 days in a row where you're going to run five miles every day. Right. If you've never done that before, like we said last week, like that, it's not going to start now. Um, as something, uh, we should start wrapping this up, but something I said on the show before that uh, it's an old crack, I've said this five times on the show, but when I first started playing guitar, I heard someone say that it's not how many years you play, it's how many hours you play. And I think if you were to try and build a, a good habit, a good one. The, way, the way to think of it is it's not, it's not how many months you do it, it's how many mornings you do it. Like whatever it is your thing is, maybe it's reading before bed, so how many nights you do it. It's just like with writing or with any of this stuff, with whatever you do well, like if you did it today, you did it, right? If, if you don't do it today, it doesn't matter how many months you think you should do it, right? It's just showing up every day. To, to do that thing and to create an environment or, or a context where that's doable helps so much. If you're going to work, right? And, and you don't want to eat out of machines, like get a food that you enjoy to take with you. If you're doing the paleo, like jerky, you can't really eat jerky though, right? That's got the nitrites. No, you can eat plenty of jerky, especially if you make it yourself. It's nothing against convenience foods. It's against the convenience foods that are not on the diet that you want, Right. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you are traveling. Like we said last time, you're traveling, you go somewhere, maybe the gym is closed. Okay, why don't you run steps? Is there something you could do in its place? Just because you can't do 100% of that thing? Like to me, that, that, that kind of will to like see past the, the bump in this and to seeing what the bigger picture is, that's how you build a habit. That's how you bring mindfulness to your mindfulness is by constantly remembering what the real goal of this is. It's not this perfunctory thing of like, was I perfect forever? It was like, did I show up often enough and, and push through to, to have this become a thing that I do? Because if you're really, really hungry, you're going to find some food. But is it going to be the food you want? If you really, really, really want something to do tonight, well, when you do that long enough, it's going to be exercise. It's not going to be watching, you know, two and a half men or whatever, because that's not part of who you are anymore. The habit is who you are, essentially. That's what I think. My new, my new habit's working, the reading thing. I think I'm reading better. I'm trying to read more books, but that's really, really hard. What do you mean reading better? I said that last week, reading harder, remember? <laughs> trying to read more closely. I think, I think we do a lot of scanning. I know I do a lot of scanning. But, uh, skimming? Yeah. Scan, oh, skimming? Skimming, skimming or scanning? scanning? Just, you know, I don't know what makes me ever type in news.google.com. I don't know why I go there. Oh, it's like an angry factory. I, I, it's like, well, what am I doing here? It's miserable. Miserable. What are some of the stories? There's a, a story I heard the other day. You know what? I can't get into it. Uh, human interest stories? I'm telling you, Dan, dead to me. Dead to me. Okay, here's one. Ready? You ready for this? Yeah, here's I'm one. ready. Hit it. I realized definitely around the time of better when I wrote that thing. Mm, I How, love that post. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying better. that. Better. Merlin man with two yep. ends. Um, I don't mean to, not, not to pimp that, but more the way to say, I am so goddamn sick of hearing about news, especially news that's just of a ephemeral nature, right? You just hear the, the headline, no, we're all upset about this thing. And then it goes away and nobody cares anymore. And you know, one of the offenders in that equation was such a wonderfully convenient thing, which are tab groups. Tab groups, in that case, probably back then it was probably Firefox, but, you know, Safari, Chrome, whatever. I've got some tab sets that I just click like a goddamn monkey. I hit that, I hit, what, like command click and open all of those in a window. You ever do that? I, I don't know if you do that, but like to me, that becomes like muscle memory. Mm -hmm. 
I used to, there's one for ego surfing that I used to look at a lot. There's one for what I call fun, which was like, just like, you know, Tumblr and uh, Flickr and all that. And I used to have one for news and it was like six tabs. It's like CNN, Google, MSNBC, before they redesigned, maybe Drudge, a few of those. And every time I, I don't know why I would hit that, but I would hit it. I would hit it and they'd open up and I'd never be, by the time I closed the last tab, I was never happy. I had not taken anything away from that that made me feel like a better person. I didn't have new information that was going to lead to an action change or um, decision in what I do. I was just freaking mad every time I opened this. And you know, the amazing change in my habit, I opened up my bookmarks and I deleted that folder of bookmarks. Mm-hmm. So it was no longer in my bookmark bar for me to go hit command click and open all of those. And you, it, you maybe wouldn't be surprised. I was surprised at how quickly the completely dumb, unhappy making project of opening that seven times a day. It was amazing how easy that habit was to break. All I had to do was remove that folder. Let's say you keep that folder. Maybe you go, you bury it somewhere, but it's not sitting there in that same place, right? It's not sitting there with that, that same label. You know what that means. Maybe, maybe you've mapped it to a key. So all you have to do is hit a keystroke and it opens all oh, that convenience. You know, and think about it, in my case, like all the procrastination and and agita that I was able to get a, get away from just by getting rid of that stupid folder. I think that's what we're talking about. Like when you want to break a habit, get rid of the thing. Yeah, replace it with something else if you can. But like, is there some folder full of tabs that you could remove that would get you closer to this thing? Maybe that's your potato chips. Maybe that's your ashtray. Like that's how you build the habit. I think. Um. So anyway, don't read the news. That's my tip. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Yeah. You want to button this up? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. We're not to button this up. I'll keep talking. I, I want to talk I want to talk about pens in the AD. Okay. Uh, do you, ever, you don't ever tell people about After Dark, do you? It's probably better not to, right? No, I, I tell them all about it. Yeah. And then it's going to I may I may move it from being a, you know, an Easter egg, a hidden Easter egg to a Yeah, to a more prominent. Well, let's close up by mentioning three things cuz we never do mess okay. stuff. Number but, 1. Uh, number 1, we do a uh, Many of the five by five shows have something called After Dark, and I know most of you know about this, but most of you don't know about this. So if you go to, can we say this? It's okay to say the address. What address? You're scaring me. <laughs> Fight Club. Five by five TV slash After Dark. Oh yeah, of course. You can get unexpurgated with with the with the swears left in. You can get the once we get away from the incredibly tight scheduling. Uh, the discussion that we're having here, you can hear when we really let our hair down and just, just talk like dudes. So in our After Dark today, we'll talk about pens. That's one. Um, uh, number two, um, you can go and rate this show on iTunes. I, don't, I, don't, I think there's like one time we've ever asked people to do that, but it does help. It helps to go in and if you like this show, and I hope you do, uh, it does help to give a good rating to the show and to, uh, honestly, I think what matters almost as much is thumbing up other people's good reviews too. If you like that, say what you want, but please just say, play some, say something nice if if you can stand it. We appreciate that. And uh, what was the third thing I was going to say? I don't know. I'm not in your brain. Hmm. Boy, that must be nice. It's different. It's really nice. Spacious. Oh, and uh, also, uh, you can listen to this live. You can listen to any of Dan's shows live as they're happening. Any of them? All of them? Is that correct? Uh, anything that I record, you can hear live. Some of the other shows are are or, or will be live, but. 5by5.tv slash live. So if uh, we record this on Tuesday. So we never do this meta talk like you do on some of your shows. So I figure we should do that. Got After Dark, which is full of swears. Uh, you got uh, the rating. It's, it's, un- it's, it's if, if you really want to climb inside a Merlin for a little while, 
The After it. Dark delivers. When people say they don't know what mukbang means, I don't know. I, all I can say, After Dark. After Dark. Yeah, they've got to listen to it. They go, oh, where, what is the origin of, you yeah. know, well, it's all there. Is there anything else? No. I think that's enough, right? No, it's more than enough, and it's well, become ha- unpleasant. Yeah, well, Happy New Year to you, Dan. Happy New Year to uh, all the jackals out there. You too. Happy New Year, Merlin and family. Thank you, my friend. Uh, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.